0: 630 Chad inside sports with Reed Wilkins weekdays at six on 630 Chad. Six and a half minutes left in the second period. Also, Panthers up 2-0 on the Capitals. That is now after one. Ekblad and Barkoff have scored later. Nashville at Colorado. Dallas at Calgary. Blue Jays clawing back against the Guardians in the seventh. It is 6-5 for Cleveland. The Oilers are in L.A. Game 3 tomorrow on six thirty. Chad Furness, Family Oilers hockey. We're going to have the face-off show at 6, and the puck will drop at eight o'clock he joins us every two weeks here on inside sports presented by abalon foundation repair western canada's leading basement waterproofing company for over 50 years home of the lifetime warranty it is craig mctavish mac how's it going good reed how are you tonight i am doing excellent i'm up top at rogers place uh oil kings and red deer are warming up of course i'll be doing face-off show overtime open line from here tomorrow because the others are having the big watch party so i'm having a blast and I, i understand you're doing something pretty cool tonight
1: yeah we're at the draft for the hockey helps the homeless uh charity uh ron Lowe and linda Lowe have been behind this for a lot of years and with COVID, uh, had a couple down years, but uh, it looks like everybody's ready to go. So they draft a bunch of uh, old hockey players to their teams, and then uh, we play a little hockey tomorrow, a couple games tomorrow. So all for a great cause.
0: Okay, first of all, the lows have been exceptional with Hockey Helps the Homeless. You're right. And, Craig, I believe the term is alumni, not old hockey players. I think that's what you say
1: oh okay yeah uh, let's go with that i like that better have, have you been drafted yet no it starts at seven o'clock oh and uh okay. i i came over with uh my old buddy and teammate mark lamb so he's uh he's here i can't wait to see him in the uniform tomorrow and it's 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 pretty funny I saw it, uh, jason strudwick too is here and Dougie Hicks and all the guys that, uh, you know, support these causes so well over the years.
0: Well, I saw Doug Hicks in studio nine, the uh, 99, the other night, uh, looks like he could still play. I know you're still in, in fine shape. How intense, how competitive do you get when you, you play in these games? You gotta like, do you get worked up or how do you feel? Uh, my sole motivation is safety (laughs) and, uh, I don't
1: get in too many battles. It it is the most dangerous form of hockey a guy can play in. Like Everybody thinks I was crazy to play in the NHL without a helmet, but that's the safest league in the world to play without a helmet. At least the players know what they're doing. They've got their balance, and this beer league hockey, um, that's not always the case. (laughs)
0: <laughs> Fair enough. That's, well, I yeah. hope it's uh, I hope it's a great night and a great day tomorrow because hockey helps the homeless is an outstanding cause, and, and Ron and Linda Lowe deserve a lot of credit. Before we dive into the series, I, we, we got so much to talk about. You were you were right in the thick of it, selling fifty-fifty the other night. How how did you get uh, involved in that? And what kind of conversations do the fans have with you when they're coming up to buy a 50-50 ticket? Well,
1: it was. Uh... The the Oilers alumni Patty Garland does so much uh, great work for the Oilers alumni, as you know, and uh, it was uh, in, in support of uh, the native kids to buy sports equipment, and uh, it's a charity the Oilers deeply believe in and uh, are fully committed to supporting. And they wanted uh, alumni, to u- to use your terminology, they wanted alumni to. Uh, come out in support and we didn't really get that much representation so i felt like uh i I would do it and then my daughter did it with me so it was kind of fun but there's a lot more to it than what you think there's a whole there's a half hour tutorial on how you have to sell the tickets and you've got you know the one thing that prints the tickets and the other thing prints the receipt and uh you know it's there's a little bit more to it but i had a lot of fun actually there were, the fans are great, and, uh, you know, I, I generally say that uh, I've been retired and away from the organization for it, long enough that they've forgotten how bad I was at either.
0: Oh, well, <laughs> I think you're being a little hard on yourself uh, uh, because you had some important contributions along uh, the way. So thanks, your, you're modest. Yeah. No, it was man.
1: all good. It was all good. <laughs> so it, it was uh, it was fun. And then they give you your printout at the end of the night, how many tickets you sold. So, of course, Barry Stafford's there, and he and I have a competition about how how many tickets we've sold. And, uh, you know, it was, it, was, it was actually a fun night.
0: I'm going to tell you a quick story here, and I think you'll appreciate it, and you might have something to riff on this yourself. About, like you mentioned, you, you had to make it a competition. You, you played in the NHL, coached and managed in the NHL. And Rob often says how, you know, when you become a pro athlete or play at a high level of the sport, you're, you're just, you're so competitive about everything. So we have a little thing here before the season, and you would know about this, where the players during training camp take a day and they do all the promotional stuff. The images you see on the scoreboard, you, you know, all the, all the little fun videos and stuff. And part of that is they get to come see me. And they say things like, you know, hi, this is Darnell Nurse. You're listening to Inside Sports. You know, you're listening to Kissin' Country 103.9. And I, I think it was James Neal a couple of years ago. And I was, show, you know, I, I kind of explained to the guys as concisely as I can because they want to get it over with, but I need to make sure it's done done well. So I kind of say, okay, this is this. These are the lines. Here's the script. You know, if you have any problems, it, it's okay. You, you can start a line over. And I said that to one of the guys. I think it was James Neal. And he said, oh, well, has anybody made it through without stumbling? And I was like, yeah, I think somebody might have. And he's like. Well, we'll see about that. You're about to have another one. <laughs> so <laughs> they're so competitive. Yeah, yeah. They even wanted to do the 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 read the lines better than everybody and, else on their team. <laughs> and did he? Uh, I think he did it, yeah. He was pretty determined. Like, he made sure he took a breath and and knew exactly what he was saying before. So now whenever I do that in the future, I'm just going to be like, you know, everybody else has nailed it.
1: (laughs) He he was rehearsing for his future career as a broadcaster.
0: Uh, So anyway, that was pretty fun. Uh,
1: No, highly competitive group highly competitive group but there's always you always wonder which guy at these events the night before the game is a guy that's really going to lose perspective on why he's out there there's always one or two that are trying to get an invite to the oilers camp the next year you know and they kind of go a little bit overboard and they've got to be settled down but uh you know it's it's uh, there's always one but it's always a lot of fun
0: okay craig let me dive into the series with this question what happened in game two that didn't happen in game one?
1: I think we had a more uh, consistent effort throughout the lineup. And, uh, and, and we had a lot of breaks. I mean, there were a lot of bounces that uh, went our way in game two. I think, you know, when you look at that game, and the, like the Oilers did dominate in the second period, but uh, it wasn't really a 6 nothing game. And, uh, you know, there was more consistent intensity through the through the lineup. And you and I have talked about this before. Like, the, the defense is there for you every night. The work ethic is there for you. They're all choices that you make as a player um, to, 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 to work hard and be intense and be competitive. And you can always do those things. Are you always going to play well? Absolutely not. But you have to rely on your effort your execution and your competitiveness especially in the first game of the playoffs and i thought there was uh there were a few guys that uh didn't didn't really that message didn't resonate loud enough and uh you know but there were many that it did like connor i thought was amazing in in terms of his intensity and you know when you talk about big game players, what are what are big game players? Well, they're guys that can at some point elevate their game uh, in crucial situations like game one. And you could tell Connor had an intensity that was super appropriate for the situation. And that had to be inspiring too as well. Cassian, I thought, uh, Yamamoto. Uh, Fogel always gives you everything he has. Keith, we're seeing... You know the value of this guy and the head that he brings to the game every night, and the efficiency that he brings to the game. Bouchard, I thought, was really good in game two as well. So it was just they had a lot of things go right, and uh, they they had uh, they they had a good effort. I mean, we're in an era where you know motivation. The Oilers had to be more motivated than the LA Kings approaching that game. So motivational advantage is a big. Is, is is a big influencer in the outcome of the game in, in today's uh, era of parity.
0: I, I want to ask you something here that Bob and I were discussing last night on the face-off show. Now, this was obviously before what we knew was, was going to happen in that game, but I still think it's a relevant conversation point. And Kopitar and Deneau are going to play a lot, and they're going to play against McDavid and Dreisaitl. It's going to happen in both buildings in this series, I would think. What do you think of the opportunity for Nugent Hopkins and whoever his line mates are to perhaps really be the difference makers the longer this goes?
1: I I think the opportunity is there. Um, Do do I think we can rely on that to win us the series? I I don't think so. Uh, You know, like Trevor Moore was a good example. Like, He played unbelievable in game one, and I thought he outplayed uh, R&H. And, I mean, those things, as much as it's a team focus, you know, there's always somebody on the opposition that you have to match up against and outplay that person as he's trying to outplay you. And I thought that... uh, you know, if Trevor Moore continued to outplay R&H, that, that, that would be, you know, difficult for, for the team to overcome because Kopitar and Leon, that that's, you know, those guys align pretty well in terms of who's going to outplay who. And, uh, you know, know when you talk to people around the LA Kings organization, they'll tell you that he's been their MVP this year. So he's going to try and shut down and do things to uh, Connor and try and limit uh, Connor's productivity, which, as we all know, is very, very hard to do. So he, uh, you know, it's those guys, you need big performances out of, uh, out of those three players for sure. And, uh, you know, we got it in a better, uh, a better way in, the, in, in game two.
0: All right, and I'll ask you something else that Rob and I talked about after the game. Uh, What do you think of Brendan Lemieux, and what's the best way to deal with him? Well, I mean, I didn't mind at the last for him. He's a competitive
1: guy, but he has trouble walking the line. You know, he gets on the wrong side of the line where he can be undisciplined and take penalties that are going to hurt your hockey club, and uh, you know, and you you don't want to make him a factor in the game by retaliating to some of the things that he's he's doing and that i'm sure that's a focal point or a focus of the the coaching staff to not let him be effective by the way that we react you've got to play him hard and physical for sure and he he may he may retaliate and take a bad penalty uh but I didn't mind at the end where there was 30 seconds to go in the game, and LA went into their 1-3-1 system, and they were just going to let the clock run out. Where Lemieux was, you know, he was going to try and take a run at somebody. I mean, I, I kind of admire that at that point. Why wouldn't you do that? But uh, he, he's he's a guy that you don't want to uh, to to be a, a, a positive factor for the LA Kings by us reacting uh and retaliating to what he's doing out there
0: yeah well i have flashbacks to watching Claude for sure though i think Claude had more offensive ability and scores (laughs) yeah 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 yeah,
1: for sure but they're equally annoying
0: (laughs) (laughs) fair fair enough okay thanks for doing this Uh, i got you number one on my draft board for hockey helps the homeless we'll see where you wind up going craig i hope it's a great
1: night all right, Reed. Thank you for having me appreciate it and uh just you know a comment on the amazing atmosphere in that building It's just it blows my mind there uh watching the game just the energy level and then the the fan camera was unreal last night. There was one guy at one point that was playing the air guitar. Remember that did you see that? Yes <laughs> and I mean they were just so engaged and it really is what makes. Playoff hockey is so incredible in in our city, and our fans were fantastic. And, you know, hopefully we're in for a long run.
0: Absolutely. Well said. That is Craig McTavish checking in tonight. He joins us every two weeks on Inside Sports for Avalon Foundation Repair, Western Canada's leading basement waterproofing company for over 50 years, home of the lifetime warranty. Always love MACT's analysis and he's a great storyteller as well. Okay, it's 6.48. Of course I'm happy to hear from you. 780-496-0063. More on the Oilers as we move along. I'm at the Oil Kings game. It starts in about 11 or 12 minutes. Uh, we go. Got some news with the Edmonton Elks today as well. All coming up inside sports on Chad. So there's the example of the stuff I gathered from the players. We didn't do it before this season. I think those might be a couple of years old even. So, yeah, the players, if you tell them one guy didn't make a mistake reading all those little promos, they get a little competitive. At least a couple of them did. It's pretty funny. Uh, Mac T was on the show. He's getting ready for the Hockey Helps the Homeless draft. He is... Provided to you by Avalon Foundation Repair, Western Canada's leading basement waterproofing company for over 50 years, home of the lifetime warranty. Uh, Cam Moon has just joined me here in the booth. Perhaps we'll drag him onto the show a little bit later on as we're uh, getting ready for game one between the Oil Kings and the Rebels, second round of the WHL playoffs. We will uh, tell you more about the Elks and uh, their special promotion for their preseason game on Friday, June 3rd to help Ukrainians resettle in Alberta. Evan Dom's going to join us from their marketing department. Uh, that'll be between 7 and 7.30. Kellen, what's going on back there? What do you have for me? Oh, we got text messages. So
2: uh, we'll go to Lacombe first and talk to Chris. Chris from Lacombe types in and says, we spoke around the time Edmonton was signing Kane. He's obviously demonstrated his value. What's your gut feeling that the Oilers can resign him? He also adds, Oh. I think there needs to be some entry-level players in the mix for next season. Holloway. Like Holloway sure. in the lineup to make cap space, yes.
0: My, uh, my gut says he's an oiler next year, but that is purely my gut right now, Chris. Sorry, it was Chris and Lacombe? Yes, Chris from Lacombe, yeah. Remember when I went to Lacombe for
2: the Allen Cup a few years ago? That was fun. Yes, that was a blast, exactly. So uh, Excited Good Dawn types in and says, I have never met your mother, but I think I like her. My list is slightly different, but i like to see the Oilers blow out teams. I am curious now to see who is on her new
0: list. Well, so am I. I think I got some work to do on that one. Appreciate it.
2: We also got a picture sent in from Wayne in Spruce Grove of
0: his... Yeah, of his-
2: Uh, Of his pet, he says he's friendlier than he looks. Um, I don't know what it is, but it resembles uh, Gizmo from um,
0: Gremlins. From Gremlins. Okay. Yeah, we've got two pet pictures. Neither one a real pet. (laughs) That's... Well, hey, I shouldn't be surprised if, you know, if I with my personality that I attract people with similar personalities to the show. So I I do appreciate that. Yeah, the picture the Big L sent me was quite disturbing and definitely not a real pet.
2: We got one more without a name here. It just says Evander Kane sounds like a supervillain's name. I'm sure glad he's on our side. Go, Oilers, go. Yeah,
0: I guess that could be a supervillain. You know, you and you, he's a businessman by day and some kind of. Uh, it's it's
2: it's the alias he goes by during the day. Yeah, it's Evander Kane, and yeah. during the evening he's I Nightwing th- or I something. I never thought I of
0: know. that. Yeah, that's pretty cool. We got some clever people out there. Uh, so that is uh, some of the text messages, and you can email Inside Sports at six thirty Ched A little bit more on this Elks special promotion, and of course, what's going on with the Oilers. Oh, and we got uh, Josiah Sh- uh, shakels on the show. He was drafted by the Calgary Stampeders, Defensive Player of the Year in U-Sports for the Golden Bears. We're going to meet him as well. Still a lot coming up in the second hour. 630 Chad, Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 630 Chad.